The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon text this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from dark and a release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide to the, for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of His righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. This is the word of the Lord. These words that we have today from Isaiah are an incredible part of Scripture. Here, Isaiah is sharing this message of good news. And it's a message of freedom and and liberty. It's a message given to people who are imprisoned who are in mourning. When, when I first read this, this, this scripture, it reminded me of this really, really powerful scene from, from this movie that I've seen. Have you seen the movie Unbroken? It's the, the movie's about this man named Lewis who has success as, uh, he's actually an Olympic runner. But then World War II starts, and he gets, like so many other young men at the time, he's drafted into the United States Army and he's sent to go fight in the Pacific. Well, one of the first missions that he's on, his plane gets shot down. And, and he and a couple other soldiers survive this crash, but they're left floating on the ocean for days. Eventually, they are picked up by a ship, but it's not an American ship. It's a Japanese ship. So these, these men who had just survived this crash now become prisoners of war. And, and they live in these prison camps for years where, where they're mistreated. They're barely fed. They, they receive beatings. That's why one of the most powerful scenes in this movie is when, when these prisoners are outside and, and they're covered in ash and dirt from working in the coal mines. They're they're unnaturally skinny from malnutrition. And and some of them still have blood on their face 
from the beatings that they've received. But it's at this moment that they notice a plane flying over the camp. And as the plane gets closer, they notice that it's not a Japanese plane. It's an American plane. And, and on the bottom of the plane, there's this light that flashes in Morse code. And it tells them this simple message. The war is over. Immediately, all these soldiers erupt into shouts of praise because they had received this message of freedom. They knew that their suffering would soon be over. That's the same kind of message that we have today from Isaiah. Today we hear a voice cry out freedom. And this voice announces freedom from, from what has us imprisoned. And it announces the freedom that we have that changes our lives. I, I wonder if Isaiah's listeners were a little confused when they first heard Isaiah prophesy these words. Because this was Isaiah the prophet, the one, the one who had been prophesying about the, dis, the coming destruction of Jerusalem. He was prophesying that the Babylonians would come and take the Israelites prisoner. But when Isaiah spoke the words of this prophecy, the Babylonians hadn't come yet. So I wonder if the people there were confused about what do we need to be freed from? Who is going to be doing this? Because Isaiah shares this message, but it's not Isaiah who's speaking these words. Because these words are about the Lord's anointed. This is about the Messiah. And this isn't just some earthly king who's going to come and free his people from an earthly enemy. Because Israel's greatest problem wasn't the fact that the Babylonians were going to come and, and take them away. Their greatest problem is that they were actually already imprisoned by sin. Isaiah, was, and, and Isaiah tells this message of the Messiah that is going to come to free the people from this prison. And we might not be able to relate to how the Israelites felt when they were carried off into exile in Babylon. But we can certainly understand what it means to be imprisoned by sin. And, and Isaiah helps us in these words. Just look at the way he describes the people who need to be saved. He, he describes them as people who are poor and brokenhearted. People who are captives and prisoners. People lost in darkness. People who are in mourning. I think that the worst part about, about being a prisoner must be the fact that, that somebody else has complete control over your life. And that's what sin does to us. The, the Bible tells us that, that by nature we're, we're slaves to sin. We're not able to do anything to resist it. And it's something that we all know. We, we have those sins in our lives. Those sins where we tell ourselves, I'm, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, but then we keep falling into them. Sins that we know are, are harming ourselves or, or maybe harming others 
but we still keep falling into them. And this sin, it, it's the sin that would keep us in, in darkness. It's this sin that separates us from our holy God. And, and on our own, there's nothing that we can do to fix that relationship, to bring us closer to God again. In fact, we know that all we see that all we deserve for this sin is God's eternal wrath and punishment. His, the vengeance that described in these words. So it seems like when we see what we have done and what we deserve, the only thing that there's left to do is to be brokenhearted. But that's why this message of freedom from Isaiah is so incredible. This is why we need to hear these words. Because this prophecy was fulfilled. Did you know that Jesus actually preached a sermon on these words from Isaiah? Jesus was in His hometown of Nazareth and He went to the synagogue and, and He read these words. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after he read these words from Isaiah, Jesus spoke one of the shortest but most powerful sermons of all time. His sermon was just one sentence long. He said, Today, this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What an incredible message. This is the promised Messiah. Here, Jesus is standing in front of His people saying He is the Lord's anointed here on earth to free His people from their sin. But when Jesus spoke these words, people were surprised. They, they couldn't believe that this was the promised Messiah. And in fact, some of them who were there said, isn't this Joseph's son? That, that's the carpenter's son. How could this be the promised Messiah? Because I think when the people of Israel heard about this promised Messiah that was coming to bring freedom, they might have had in mind someone like a king, a king like David, who would finally come and drive out the Romans and restore glory to the kingdom of Israel. Maybe they were picturing a king riding on a white horse, wearing a golden crown, leading his people to freedom. But that's not what Jesus looked like. And, and that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus wasn't just here on earth to give us earthly freedom. He came to free us from our sin. And that's exactly what we did. We're about, and during this Advent season, we're looking forward to celebrating Christmas. And, and here in Christmas, in this manger scene, you have this incredible image. You have the King of kings, the Lord of the universe, being born in a stable and laid in a manger. It's not the way you would expect a king, the Messiah, to be introduced to the world. 
And the rest of Jesus' life, he didn't look much like an earthly king either. Because instead of riding into Jerusalem on a noble steed, Jesus rode into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And, and this king, the only crown this king ever wore was a crown of thorns that was placed on his head as he was beaten and mocked. Instead of sitting on a throne, this king was hung from a cross. And it's in that moment where you have the Lord's anointed being forsaken by God as He suffers the eternal punishment that was meant for our sins. That, that was for our sins. And even there, we hear this anointed one proclaim freedom for His people as He shouts out, it is finished. Your sins are forgiven. He has brought freedom to His people. This is the promised Messiah delivering His people and giving His people freedom. And He did all of this for you. And, and, and this is the good news that Isaiah is sharing. This is what God wants you to hear. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus has come and brought us freedom. And this Advent season, we're not just reminded of when Jesus came the first time, we look forward to the time when He will come again. Because our King promises to return. And, and even during those times in, in this life, as we're surrounded by sin and death and all sorts of evil, it's easy for us to still feel trapped or brokenhearted. But our King promises to return to take us home to be with Him in His kingdom forever. Jesus is the Lord's anointed who proclaims freedom for His people. Did you notice in, in these verses that we have for today, there's a second voice that cries out. It, it's a voice that responds to this message of freedom. It's, it's a voice that has, had a has a completely different outlook on life. This voice cries out, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. Because we have freedom from sin. And this means that we have this new freedom to serve and praise God. Christ gives us a new identity as His freed people. And here the prophet Isaiah uses two beautiful images to describe our new identity. Isaiah says that believers will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Last Sunday, if you remember, we heard that, that people described as grass that withers. But here, Believers are called oaks of righteousness. A, a strong tree. A tree that's not going to be moved. But, but how can we call that? be called that? Because I know there's plenty of times in my life where I don't feel strong. Where, where it still feels like those chains of sin 
are wrapped around my wrists. But that's because this righteousness doesn't come from us. This be- the beauty of these oaks of righteousness isn't from us. It's from God. Do you know anyone who, who has, a, has a garden or, or that are very proud of their garden? Because before I came to New York, I went to South Dakota to, to stay with my grandparents for a couple weeks. And, and they have this big garden in their backyard. And they are very proud of it. It, it seemed like every day, every day as we sat down to eat, we'd get like the lowdown on which foods had come from the garden. Like the zucchinis from the garden, the salsas made with tomatoes from the garden. And, and it was awesome. Or, or I'd be outside with my grandpa and he'd point out the different kinds of flowers that were blooming in his garden. And, and he was proud of it. It showed the work he had put in, planting the seeds, watering the plants, making sure the weeds to take out all the weeds. This is the same way that God describes us in these verses when He calls us oaks of righteousness. Where we're called a planting place for the Lord. It, it, we're His garden. And, and He shows, and it shows His splendor. That's why we can be called oaks of righteousness. God has given us this new identity. And that voice that responds to, to this message of freedom also shares an image of the new identity that we have as Christians. This voice says, For He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of His righteousness. This is the new identity that we have because of what Christ has done for us. He gives us Robes of righteousness. But it's really important. Look at the source of this righteousness. It's a robe of His righteousness. It doesn't come from us. And this is the incredible way that Christ has freed us. He took all of our sins, all of our filth, and put it on Himself and suffered the punishment for our sins on the cross. And and in return, we receive this robe of His righteousness. And and it's not just a robe that covers up our sins. Our sins are completely gone. This is our new identity. When God looks at us, He doesn't see our sin. He looks at us and sees Christ's righteousness. I don't know if you're anything like me, but when I get a new, like a new shirt or a new pair of shoes, I'm super excited to show it off. So, so you can bet the next day, I'm going to plan my whole outfit to go along with this new shirt. Because I want people to see it. This is the same attitude that we can have with these robes of righteousness. This is our new identity that we could share with others. And it's this new freedom that we have from Christ that allows us now to serve and praise Him. So as we wait for His return, we continue to, to wear these robes of righteousness as we await our King. So this Advent season, as we're preparing our hearts, we're reminded of who it is that came on Christmas. It was the Messiah 
who, had come, who came to proclaim freedom for His people. And we're reminded of the new identity that He has given us. These robes of righteousness that we wear as we wait for Christ to return. Where one day our King is going to welcome us into our eternal home. So we look ahead to that day. And we pray together, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.